Hello, and welcome to episode one of my new series called Cynic Reviews, where I use the power of existential nihilism to critique movies and television. I'm your host, DJ Hellard, and I'm about to take you on a journey. So get yourself comfy and get an entire bucket of cheese balls. And only the good kush. Only the good cheese balls, not like Cheeto Puffs, those imposters. No, 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 no. Good cheese balls. Just, it, it, it is very hurtful how other companies attempt to market themselves as cheese balls. You're not cheese balls, you're fakes. You're lies. You're selling me lies. So, sorry. <clears throat> cheese ball rant over. Uh, so now, let's go. Last year, Netflix remet. <laughs> I can't talk today. Netflix recommended an, a little animated series to me called Big Mouth. I saw it. It said adult animation. And I saw John Mulaney was in it. And I was like, alright, cool, let's see. Let's see what this does. And I'm really glad that I clicked on it. Because it was a ride. It was great. Um, hilarious. Um, campy. Just good vibes all around. Now, I know that a lot of critics out there have said and are continuing to say that it's a shitty show. And quite honestly, that's very rude. Uh, It's, yeah, it's literally awesome. But for science, I decided to rewatch season one with you. uh, Because season two, she out, boys. Uh, and I want to watch season two, and I thought, what a great idea to drag my new viewers along with me to this show that many people dislike. My loyal viewers will stay, and we'll sort out the (laughs) riffraff. I'm kidding. I'm not too good for anyone. (laughs) Uh... So, without any further mental breakdowns, uh, self-deprecating jokes, or overall stalling, let's begin. Season 1, The Rewatch. At first, there were some jokes that didn't really hit their mark, and it really made me nervous. Um... I was like, oh, no, no, it's not going to hold up. I'm going to have to say that I don't like it anymore. And that was about to tear me apart because I literally love John Mulaney so much. Like, he's, mm, I love that man. Uh, And I loved the show, and I just was, like, not ready for that. But it redeemed itself. Um. Once you get past the first few minutes of the pilot episode, you're good. Now, I will say, this is not a show you watch, like, on a date, or, like, I I mean, if you're into that, then, you know, I guess. But it's definitely not a show you watch with, like, your parents. It's not a show you watch with, like, your religious friends. (laughs) I don't know. I don't have any, but... (laughs) Oh, that's terrible to say. <laughs> I go to a... Ah, oh, God. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just not a show to watch with unchristened ears. 
you definitely want to have someone that can handle that stuff with you. Um, because it's literally, it's literally about puberty. So, I mean, there's pubic hair one and two. So that, yeah, let that be your judge. (laughs) Um, but it's not just funny. There's two musical numbers, um, Totally Gay and Everybody Bleeds. Um, so Totally Gay is, like, Freddie Mercury kind of style, um, really just, like, kind of (laughs) mocking how kids come out, (laughs) um, which is understandable. It's my jam. And then we have Everybody Bleeds, which is obviously a parody of Rem, and it's about uh, a girl's first period. Uh, Yeah, fun stuff. Like I said, not just funny. Um, it's also self-aware. It's and uh, it tackles some serious issues: gender, sexuality, and even sexual assault and rape. And um, not in a classic millennial trying to be woke way. It actually comes off relatively okay. Um, they handle it comedically, but also get a pretty good balance between levity and gravity, I would say. And, sure, it's funny and obscene and campy, but the backbone of this show, the backbone of everything, is its core message, which we'll get to at the end of the podcast. Uh, For me... Sometimes it does 
have an odd joke that falls flat. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it makes up for it with its, its messages, its parodies, its songs. It's really, it really is something to admire. Um, but definitely let me know what your opinions are in the comments or on my Twitter, uh, that I plugged at the beginning of the podcast, and I will do another shameless plug in the description of the video. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I hate myself so much. I'm literally the worst. Okay, uh, season two. Uh, so I went into the second season with relatively high expectations. I wanted it to pack a punch. I wanted it to be funny, and I also wanted it to be relatable, and I wanted it to be everything. I wanted more of my favorite characters, because it gave me so many, so, so many amazing characters. I mean, we've got Nick, we've got Coach Steve, we've got Andrew, we've got um, Jesse, and then Jesse's parents, just so much. Um, we see Coach Steve really develop into more of a three-dimensional character than ever before. We see Jay become a more likable asset to the show, and we gain a lot of insight into everyone's parents, but especially Jesse's. Uh, and we kind of see their marriage fall apart for the last time. Sorry, that's such a spoiler. Um, but I mean, I think that was a little... That was pretty much made obvious by the first season. The writers, again, tackle some serious issues. We've got divorce, drugs, shame, religion, and even love. And they do it in a way that doesn't bring the show down or disrespect the issue. In my opinion, season two was a success. But like I said, let me know your opinions. Now, I just need to spotlight some literally amazing and very talented people in this show uh, and that worked on this show. First of all, the writers of the show, uh, Andrew Goldberg and Nick Kroll, who base the show off of their uh, adolescent years, their awkward years. And, of course, John Mulaney, who, um, as I understand, helped write this show some. Um, and who I love. Uh, John Mulaney, I know you're not listening, but if you are, I love you. Um, same thing to you, Nick, Kroll. Uh, but, yeah, no, they're definitely not listening, so... <laughs> It's fine. Uh, so, my spotlight. Nick Kroll. He was almost the Seth MacFarlane of this show. He voiced so many characters, like... Um, Hormone Monster, Nick, obviously. Coach Steve, and even Lola. And he was able to make each character feel very different in their voice. And that is, that's like pure talent as a voice actor. 
people think voice acting is a lot easier than it actually is. There are only so many voices you can do. And some voices, like, really actually hurt. Like, they hurt, man. And, like, he can get all these varieties of voices. He does the hormone monster, which is, you know, his voice is gravelly and, like, and then we've got Coach Steve, who's, oh, he's just uh, a total mess. And we've got Nick, who's, I would say, like, Nick Kroll, probably closest to Nick Kroll's normal speaking voice. But I don't know what Nick Kroll's normal speaking voice per se sounds like. I mean, I know what he sounds like on camera, but, like, you never know if that's what someone actually talks like, you know. So I think it's probably the closest to Nick's actual voice. Um, And Lola is, like... A girl that wants to be a pink berry girl, but she could never be a pink berry girl, if that makes any sense. Like, she's way too... She sounds like a Russian bodybuilder, but she's supposed to be a teenage girl, and that's what makes it amazing. She's the, she honestly probably is low-key a Russian bodybuilder, because in this show, she literally drags everyone um, queen. <laughs> no, she's actually... Uh, she's actually pretty unlikable as a character, but, um, there are a few moments where we feel bad for her. So, and definitely his act, his acting on point, absolutely, 100% of the time. I never once thought he could have done this better, ever, about Nick Kroll in that show, in this particular show. Perfect. Then we've got Fred Armisen. I don't know if that, I'm doing it right. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I think it's, like, Armisen or something, but I don't know. I could definitely be wrong. Um, I live in the Midwest, okay? Sue me. Um, <laughs> so Armisen did an excellent job as Dr. Birch. So if you don't know, that's Nick. That's Nick Birch's or, re- like, Nick Kroll. That's his dad. Like, Armisen isn't Nick's dad, but in the show, he's his dad. God, this is really confusing. <laughs> um, so Nick's dad is, like, socially oblivious. Like, he's terrible at social interaction, which, like, yeah, me. But he's also smart, so that's where um, that's where the comparison ends. <laughs> um, and he's also a very, like, effeminate man, which is, like, not a bad thing. It's just how he is in this show. And a lot of actors will have a hard time with that because you either, that's like just kind of how you are. And it's very hard to portray that uh, in a way that's like respectful and like that's more like based in reality. So I think Armisen really did that well. And his vibe and dynamic works so well with anyone on the show. You could put him, honestly, I feel like you could put that character, Armisen in that character, with any person from any show, and they would just work it out. Because he just he just is in that show, and it's so good. He really holds things together. Um, I think uh, the pilot episode, he is probably the funniest in at least the first episode. 
he's the first one that like actually draws you into that series, I think. Um, or at least he was for me. So the second time through. And then we've got Mark Rivers, and he's the composer. Uh, I say composer in quotes because none of their songs are actually, like, composed. They're kind of just, like, weird Al Yankovic-ing this whole thing. Is that a word? I made it a word. Um, and so they just steal other people's songs. No, no. Um, they don't steal other people's songs. They just change the words. So they do, like, parodies. And that's, like, fine. Like, I really like it. I really think it's a good job. And... He works hard. Like, he obviously works hard because that's hard. Like, that's not easy. And, oh, they did, I think, uh, he did, I think, compose one of the songs, which is I Made Thick in a Lady, which is Coach Steve's song (laughs) for season two. (laughs) So I won't spoil that for you. Um, (laughs) And... I think the songs are so amazing because you're not expecting them. Like, you're not expecting that. Um, it's just like this adult animation show, and you're like, oh, this is fun. You're getting campy vibes. And then all of a sudden, a tampon starts singing. <laughs> that's, that's how the first song is introduced. A literal, like, a tampon starts singing in this show. And that's how you get introduced to the Everybody Bleeds song. <laughs> um, and it's just such a treat. It's like an unexpe- unexpected treat. Like when you find a cheese puff in your shirt and you're like, oh, food. Ugh, I'm, I'm really disgusting, aren't I? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so, take away. Take away. <laughs> Take away. So, the thing that you need to take away from this show is the core message that I was talking about earlier. Big Mouth might have its fair share of gross-out humor and weird character dynamics, but the most important thing to take away from this show is that life is just a series of metamorphoses one after another. And they're awkward, and we're awkward, and life is just weird. But we're all going through changes. But together, it's not that bad. Alright, thank you for tuning in to my first episode, and thanks for sticking around. Remember to follow me on Twitter at DJ Heller to keep up with cynic reviews, and remember to tune in next time. Here's your hint for next episode. Think Maple. Well, that's it for this episode, and remember to keep using movies as a coping mechanism. Bye!